The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 38. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a dead. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including all the deeper themes and meanings that we can find in the show and the TV and all the, the various media. Today, we're going to be discussing the, the brand new season of The Clone Wars by looking at uh, season seven, episodes one and two, The Bad Batch and A Distant Echo. Joining me tonight on the panel are Mike Creevy. Hey, Mike. Hey, Father. How's it going? Good to be back. It's good to have you. Second up this evening, we've got Thomas Sanherho. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Father. Third, Angela Cialana. Welcome up? back. Thank you. And finally this evening, Andrew Hermes. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Father. I really enjoyed your coverage of uh, Chicago Comic Con <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> Thanks. <Yeah>. Thanks. <laughs> Not too many Star Wars actors, but there was a K2SO on stilts, which was a cosplayer, which is really, really nice. fun. It was mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that was cool. So tonight we're talking uh, everything with uh, the new season of, of The Clone Wars. Some have already kind of seen this before. Angela, I'm assuming you probably have uh, because this, these these episodes were released kind of uh, as they were five years ago. Yeah, five years ago. Yeah. So, um, but they they were just, um, oh, I don't remember what the technical term is, but they storyboarded everything out and then they did like the the uh, voice recording and they did the uh, rough animation. So, yeah, essentially, I had already seen these episodes. So. <laughs> huh. Well, to, to kind of jump off of that, then what was your, uh, and of course, it goes out to all you guys too, what was your, your impressions of the the finished product which i know is slightly different from uh the the stories that you would have seen a number of years ago oh i was practically drooling i was so excited (laughs) um the camera work was just jaw-dropping i loved the camera work the sweeping um shots there's a shot where they're going into the um what's it called the cyber center where they're actually infiltrating Mm -hmm. the the cyber center and it's like a first person video game was so great so many long shots um honestly that was my favorite thing just go i was i was geeking out over the tech and how everything looked that's my my kids were jumping up and down the whole time like why is this not a video game this needs to be a video game (laughs) (laughs) what about the rest of you mike or andrew what were your oh i I was just thinking it's um and i'm excited to of course talk about them a lot more but i just I love the Bad Batch. And it's like it's like every like cheesy 80s and 90s like military <laughs> squad stereotype that but done perfect. I mean like it's all there and I just I can't stop. There's so many things I'll point out. I'm sure or you guys will too, but that was definitely my favorite part is just those characters. Yeah, I'll second that. Yeah, the the introduction to the Bad Batch, you know, um was like probably my favorite part of that episode um and just seeing the dynamic you know, between that squad and, and um, how things play out it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely the highlight. I sort of equated it to uh, DC's uh, The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen The Suicide Squad within the, the Arrowverse and, and in other mediums. And um, there was, to me, there was some very clear, uh, yeah, stereotypes, tropes, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> of, of the, the various characters. I had to go back and watch some of the other episodes to to quite to understand some of this, though, um, right. since I'm still kind of getting into it. Um, things like Echo, I, mm-hmm. I I had to, I realized very quickly that that he was more than just you know a random character. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to go back and kind of uh, look into that. But uh, we'll kind of we'll we'll jump into then the the review and kind of uh, see see where that that takes us. Um, so this uh, episode starts off with uh, the Battle of Anaxis, and um, it's a uh, it's taking place on the planet Anaxis. It's uh, the Republic's one of the Republic's largest shipyards, and the battle is not going well at all for uh, the Republic and. Uh, Master Windu and Anakin are discussing the, the the current situation and why they seem to be losing so much. Captain Rex has has kind of a theory on what's going on, and he points out that the the droid army is using these algorithms to learn um, and how to predict how the clones will attack. And the more that the clones use a certain tactic, uh, the more effective the droid army is at countering them. And the the issue with an axis is that the counterattacks are so incredibly precise, and so Rex believes that the droids have his personal playbook, so to speak, um, in countering them. And so, Commander Cody and Rex want to take a small group of clones behind enemy lines and disable this uh, cyber center, which is where all the the attacks are being relayed from. And Anakin notes that Rex seems to be hiding something. Um, about his suspicions about all of this, and we we very quickly realize that that actually what he's hiding is um, he goes off into the the barracks and he's reflecting on uh, the friends of the past who have died, the troopers, including Fives and Echo. And it's that point when he and uh, Commander Cody are talking that Rex believes that Echo is alive. And he thinks that because the droids are using battle plans that Rex and Echo both drew up together in the past and that was something that he didn't quite want to to say in front of uh master windu or anakin skywalker because he thought that they might think he was being crazy so commander cody and rex kind of have a have a moment there uh reflecting on on some of the past and commander cody then tells rex who this experimental clone force 99 who is the the squad that they're going to be using to try to infiltrate uh, the cyber center? And Clone Force ninety nine. That was a a callback. Uh, something that I had to I had to look it up. Uh, but it was uh, in remembrance of a malformed maintenance clone who died while aiding the defense of Camino um, from the Separatist invasion. And this was back in season three, episode two, the Arc Trooper episode. CT99 is probably one of my favorite characters in the Clone Wars, actually. He just um, was a clone that had a real heart of gold. He was a true soldier. And even though he physically couldn't serve the cause, he um, was like everyone's greatest cheerleader. So um, he actually encouraged the Domino Squad. The Domino Squad was like the um, the squad of troopers that... Uh, Echo was on with Fives originally before they joined the the 501st. So um, that was kind of also a connection to to Echo and Fives too. Um, so 99 encouraged them when they were going through their training to um, to succeed, that they could actually succeed because they kept failing their training. So cool. So yeah. So there's there's some some deep uh, connections there, which is kind of the impetus for even the the arc as it seems is is Rex's connection with Echo and um the the friendship that they had and the um the camaraderie and 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 all of that is what's driving Rex to um to where he's going in these these next episodes. Yeah. And I think we're we're starting to see more of the clones as uh as very much human figures. Uh I know that that the Jedi have been trying to do that with them the whole series but then i thought this one was really like you got to see uh you know uh rex hanging out outside of the 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 room while anakin was making the call and and you got this sense of him being bored and that's not something you you really feel from them before this point like they're always at the ready and this is like him like oh i really have to do this again kind of kind of attitude and it, it was really it's it feels like a change from the way that they've been portraying the clones before this point well and i think and that's you know the like when they're in the barracks, it was, um, you know, like we know they're clones. It's you know, the show's called Clone Wars, you know. But I, I thought if you were just dropped into it and didn't know anything about it, you know, you could see them. Obviously, they look alike, but you know, 
it just felt more like you know they're they're more like brothers than clones if that makes sense right and that that human dimension where it might just you know you don't come into it just assuming anymore that they're just carbon copies of each other even though they have you know they have the same the same voice obviously um which by the way kudos to i had to write his name down because i forgot but uh, d bradley baker with the voicing of, of the clones and i thought they must save a fortune in voice acting <laughs> <laughs> you know because like, at the end like the credits it's like it was like five or six people yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, it's got to be more no that's right yeah that makes sense yeah well even the the fact that uh um rex had that that picture of of mm-hmm. him and his buddies uh yeah. is, is another just kind of visual cue that that of a humanizing of the, of the clones, uh, which was, which was super helpful. And, and it makes you relate to them in a, mm-hmm. in an easier way. So we then get introduced to uh clone experimental clone force 99. Uh, they call themselves the bad batch and they were, uh, they were defective clones basically, but they had desirable mutations, which was, <laughs> <laughs> kind of a fun way to put that i you know yeah. kind of planned there uh you know a little well what do the undesirable mutations look like like what, uh, and what do they do with arm? those clones <laughs> well like ct99 was like deformed and he mm. got old really fast so yeah. yeah so we get introduced to hunter wrecker tech and crosshair and I just have to ask you guys, which one is your favorite? <laughs> I, I like Hunter. Uh, Hunter is my favorite out of the loop. But my kids were all over the place. There were, uh, they, they each latched on to a different one and loved him. I think Wrecker because he's the most like the 80s stereotype movie guy. I mean, like he's got Predator all over him. You know, like you can just you're expecting him to start yelling, get some like, well, he shoot. <laughs> and, and my favorite shot of him, like we'll get to the that later but i just love the when he's on the ship with like the turkey leg and like arm pressing the gong droid i was like i could you know i never would have dreamed to ask for something like that and there it is <laughs> it's just so over the top <laughs> the gong droid <laughs> oh i was just gonna say that was my favorite scene too so he's my favorite as well <laughs> i like hunter because he kind of keeps you know them in check and and mm-hmm. he uh i mean he's the leader of the group and I like how he has like uh, heightened senses and, and stuff. He, he he would be my favorite, I think. Okay, well then I'm going to, and I this uh, I didn't plan this, but Tech is my is my favorite. Um, but I I don't I can't also just say that without including uh, Crosshair because they are right. like a, a little unit, just the two of them. So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so I I'm I'm for Tech. I also wanted to point out you mentioned Wrecker uh, when I first saw wrecker i did not really care for him at all he was he, yeah he kind of came across as just a brute right um but the second episode of this arc really yeah. gave him some humorous lines that really it it yeah it warmed my heart to him i i really appreciated <laughs> that but we've got these four uh, uh, these four clones who have all unique skills, and and I do want to point out that that was very, uh, of course, it's part of the plot and everything, but it was also it echoes back to the the little the fortune cookie uh, statement at the beginning of the episode, uh, mm-hmm. which was embrace others for their differences, for that makes you whole, and that uh, very intentionally is the theme playing out throughout all of this. Is you've got all the the regs, uh, the, mm-hmm. the the normal clones. And then you've got these these four mutated clones, and rather than them being different and harmful to one another, it's when they all can work together that they are able to successfully complete the mission and and draw on each other's strengths. So that was very clearly played out through this, even though as the the characters themselves had to kind of work through some of that. Right? Yeah, and it also kind of hints at you know the. The regular clones are failing, whereas these mutated mm-hmm. clones who are all different from each other very clearly have a 100% success rate, as is right. said at the beginning. So, yeah. yeah. So, they are the ones who are going to help them infiltrate and uh, 
basically they're they're trying to retrieve the the algorithm that they think is being used against them to uh to counter the the clone troopers and their their battle tactics uh they have the the go ahead to to go and and go behind enemy lines and um in the 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 ship as they're heading that way they are shot down by by a group of battle droids and this was a pretty cool place too because this is where you finally we we sort of hear heard what their what their skills were but we finally get to see um the Mm -hmm. bad batch they they begin to show off their their skills cody gets trapped he's not gonna pull cody out he's gonna pull the ship out (laughs) it's like yes all right let's go (laughs) yep uh (laughs) and then and then even after that the the battle droids begin to approach and Immediately, you also see that the that Rex wants to just kind of fall back and let the droids approach them and then take them out. And the the Bad Batch is like, no, let's go confront them right away and uh, take them out. And and that's where you you see Tech, you know, plotting random trajectories for Crosshair to use as he takes out droids and Wrecker's using his strength. And um, all of this is again very intentionally contrary to what the the normal clone troopers would have done in that situation and i also really appreciate it i wrote here in my notes that that those four also felt very much like a family yeah mm-hmm. because after they wipe out the entire company of droids wrecker has this this head of a droid and he's like <laughs> he's like teasing crosshair and he's like Crosshair, this little clanker likes you. <laughs> and Crosshair's just like grow up wrecker and turns away. Um and that and and I just I again it, it gives that human dimension, but it totally just felt like, you know, like me and my brother goofing off as kids or something, and I'm like, Greg, just just yeah. go away. Well, and you see that without giving anything away, but you see that later on too, a little bit with when Wrecker's a little apprehensive and, and Hunter's like, Oh, don't worry, I'll hold your hand. <laughs> right. It's just like elbows him, you know, it's it's fun. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think it's it's interesting here. You see uh, how much the clone troopers don't work together by watching these guys work together. You know, you see that like when the clone troopers go into battle, they're all just kind of like doing their own thing to try mm-hmm. and win. And they're a unit. But at the same time, they're like all uh, firing at their own targets. These guys are like calling shots for each other. They're backing each other up in a way that you you don't really see the clones do very often. And the clones are real, those other clones are a lot like the droids, kind of in that regard. Right, right. You know, it's just they happen to be a little bit better than the droids. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, and that's exactly why they uh, why Cody wanted to bring in uh, the Bad Batch to to help out in this kind of situation. So they uh, take out all the droids and uh, they they leave on foot, and uh, the the droids contact Admiral Trench and inform him how irregular this battle was than that what they expected and uh trench orders the, the droids to continue to to locate the clones and, and hunt them down and we flash to the clones all sitting around the camp that's where we we see that that cody has uh some internal wounds that he can't uh he can't quite be the the leader and that's also where we were really told of of hunter's abilities and that he has a heightened he has heightened senses and he can sense electromagnetic frequent frequencies from anywhere on the entire planet. So he's like a living non-faulty GPS system, apparently. So that's pretty yeah. cool. And that's, Super impressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and his name fits totally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cody's too injured to, to continue to lead the assault. So Rex had called for evac and takes over command. And uh, there's a there's a brief argument at that point about the leadership and um, Hunter has to kind of step in and, and break it up and points out that they're all fighting for the same reason. And they decide to, to keep going forward and they move out on foot and they come to the base of an outpost that is near the cyber center. And in order to then infiltrate the outpost, Rex follows the Bad Batch's lead and uh, decides to go with a full frontal assault. and. Uh, they attack the the outpost. They get in and climb the tower and destroy all the droids. And it's from up in the top of that that they are able to then locate where the the cyber center is. 
But I have to say at this point, like watching that scene, you, you talk about it being like a video game. There actually was a video game called Republic Commando. Yeah. Yep. And if you if you want to play this almost exact uh, kind of scenario, go find that game. because <laughs> It's dead on for this kind of thing. Like it felt like playing that game, just watching the scene. I was like, yes, this is just like Republic Commando. It's so mm. great. <laughs> I think I have played that. I just don't it's think it's a great game. I, it's yeah, it's been a while, though. Yeah, it's an old it's an older game. It's a I think it was an Xbox. I, I like think one of the yes. first Xbox <laughs> games. Yes. So, yeah. So they they uh, find uh, the cyber center. They also um, tech overhears uh, or intercepts a transmission saying that there are more uh, droids on their way and they go on to attack the, the cyber center itself. And they split off into a few different groups in order to attack. And after they've left the outpost, uh, the droids arrive. And they notice that the the clones have already left, and Admiral Trench realizes that the 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 target is the the cyber center and tries to warn the droids that an attack is coming at the very moment that the clones do indeed attack. I love how just <laughs> naive the battle droids are. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you like, know what's hey, going where'd on? you come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, the, the episode four riff there. Like maybe it's yeah. another drill, like blast. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and uh, there was an interesting scene there where um, one of them, they, they like knock the head off of one of the droids and, and he reaches up and like tries to, to touch his <laughs> neck, you know, where the head was. And um, we had a really interesting discussion with my kids because, uh, you know, my, they kind of know that the droids are controlled from somewhere else. And they're like, yeah. oh, that's really yeah, like, I guess they would kind of be able to do that, right? Because if they're controlled mm. from somewhere else, there isn't really any stopping them with just like taking off a single body part. And I was like, yeah, you know, that, <laughs> that kind of makes them terrifying in a different sort of way than you know, you're finding a, a truly brainless foe that maybe it just keeps shooting if it actually had the, the sense to do that, right? Guess so. <laughs> and yet there is some individuality with, with the droids, too. They have kind yeah. of a, a dual sort of uh, thing there. So uh, they they immediately launched that attack. Uh, this was this was another place where where Wrecker finally was starting to score some points with me. Is Tech <laughs> Tech tries to uh, use his tech to open the door, and Wrecker just comes in and knocks the door down, kicks it down. You take too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the and so they they. They launch their attack and they get in and they uh, secure the command center. And uh, Rex is then able to to join up with them and and Tech's trying to to find uh, the algorithm, and very quickly deduces that it isn't local to the center at all, but it's actually a live a live signal coming from the planet Skako Minor. And it's at this point that we very quickly begin to realize that that it's. Uh, an audio signal and it sounds like a human voice and they ask uh for identification of the person and the voice responds with CT1409 which is Echo's call uh call number and Rex is is I mean he aff he affirms his belief or he he thinks that he's affirmed his belief that that Echo is truly indeed alive and is shocked by that revelation and um, still all the clones then are able to to escape the structure and escape aboard this craft that uh, Crosshair had secured for them. And Trench is visibly alarmed when he realizes that the clones have figured out that this transmission is coming from Skako Minor. And the episode ends with Rex brooding over the fact that he discovered that Echo is still alive. Yeah, it's a good thing that we have another episode to, to talk about. <laughs> yeah, um, that one was that one was good, but but yeah, yeah. Well, I thought I I liked this one. I liked the action to this one, but I was also mm. I also felt like it was a little choppy. Um, the the storytelling was was quick, and I know they're they've all all the Clone Wars have been very quick, but this one for some reason just felt like it was sort of um that the pacing was off on it, and and it, maybe it's just they're out of practice from having had a few years between the last in this but i don't know it was just kind of felt like uh there was the 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 tempo was wrong in my opinion and it really you know one thing i do like and this is just you know kind of standard now with 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 these this i like that this the sort of serial format 
is so authentic to Star Wars origins, you know, um, and that kind of Buck Rogers kind of, you know, space romp type, you know, type thing. So, um, and, you know, like we said with the Mandalorian over and over again, too, like that it is back to this, you know, weekly sort of like what's going to happen next. And, you know, in that Mm -hmm. regard, it's like I kind of go into it not really expecting anything to get wrapped up. You know, right. <laughs> so there's mm-hmm. like that built in cliffhanger, I guess. But um, I, I do find that enjoyable as, as well. You know, it's a different whole mentality for me um, because I'm used to uh, I mean, I, I definitely I've seen Rebels. And so I, I totally I'm I'm uh, familiar, of course, with with these animated uh, stories. But I'm also so used to novels where I'm <laughs> sometimes the animated 20 minutes like oh, we're going to go find Echo, and then bam, we, we're, we're going to find Echo <laughs> yeah. in the next episode. <laughs> you know, and, and, in, and in a novel, like, I'm, I'm expecting, like, chapters of, of exposition of, you know, where they've got to they've find the right transport, and they've got to get there. And um, so, so I, I've even just got to kind of mentally get out of, of it's a different mode of storytelling. And, um, and I think... You don't get the clock wipe in the novel. <laughs> just, right, right. <laughs> Um, I was, uh, I think it was either the, the, the Clone Wars download, the, the Star Wars, uh, YouTube, uh, video where they, they interview some of the cast and, and the directors. Um, I want to say it was in there that I was, they were talking about the fact that, that this episode at least was, uh, definitely more action based. And then, mm-hmm. um, the second episode is, is more character driven right mm-hmm. so so i think that yeah. that is that's definitely a fair kind of assessment that this one is sort of um you know it's it's showing off the the abilities of the bad batch and and all right. the the action involved with that and and they 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 of course are in the next episode too but um, right. it's the next episode definitely focuses a bit more on on rex um and his connection with echo quick trivia question for you guys here because I, I swear I, I i caught it more when i watched it again uh, in both episodes, actually, I swear they're using like that kind of like resistance theme song from the trilogy, the sequel trilogy movies hmm. a couple times. There was, I mean, it's, and I, I went, I kept going back to like Force Awakens. Like I kept trying to jump to where it plays in some of those sequel movies. And I, it's at least extremely similar, if not the same little tune they're riffing on. I don't know. I, I think I was trying to come up with the same thing because there's a certain theme when the, the Bad Batch yeah. is introduced. Right. Mm-hmm. That I was, I, yeah, very much felt familiar and I was, I didn't quite know where to place it, but it, it very yeah, well could be the right, the, the, or the, the resistance theme. Cause it's, it mm-hmm. seems random cause it doesn't have anything to do with that uh, in the storyline, but I, I don't know, but it's, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back and listen again. Cause it really does. It sounds like it. Mm-hmm. There's another musical cue that I'm going to bring up here in just a bit, which, uh, I mean, the music plays a, a a part of all of this storytelling, but I'm going to kind of save that because it was it was a really cool moment when I when I heard it. So um, anything else before on on that first episode before we jump into the to the next one? No, but mm-hmm. as we jump into the next one, um, mm-hmm. I'm starting to wonder how many crash landings versus smooth landings are in Star uh, Wars. Right. <laughs> right. Seems like that's all ships it's everything do is, is a crash, crash landing. Land. <laughs> I'm not even surprised anymore. Speaking of that, that's kind of, well, I guess it doesn't start off with the crash landing, but uh, episode two starts off with um, Anakin and and Rex just more, well, Rex more gung-ho to, to get going on the, the mission to go after Echo, uh, to go to Skako Minor. And uh, Anakin is sure that the Jedi Council is going to approve the mission, and um, Hunter is there talking with them, and they and Hunter assumes it's a trap, but... You know, he's going to take the Bad Batch with him anyway, and, and Rex just wants to get going. And then we have an, an <laughs> a very fun and awkward conversation where <laughs> yes. Anakin yeah. wants to do that thing and needs Rex help. <laughs> right. Air, air quotation marks. He could have said that better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really funny, though, because Rex finally agrees to to do this you know and and stands outside the barracks and and gives anakin his helmet while anakin goes in to the barracks to to have his his skype call with padme but i watched it and and all i could think about was um (laughs) 
my brother's going to hate that I tell this story, but uh, <laughs> uh, we were, uh, I don't even remember how old we were, but, but my older brother was, he got grounded from video games and um, <laughs> he really wanted to play them. And so I had to be the lookout for uh, <laughs> when mom and dad might be coming down the stairs and I had to be the one to, um, you know, tell them to put the game away and classic um, player two. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was the younger brother and I will say that I was a really good lookout and uh, he never got caught. And the one time that he had to do it for me, he got too involved Ooh. in watching me play and oh. I didn't get caught. So, um, <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Rex is, is the, the, the guard. He's, uh, you know, standing outside and uh, making sure that nobody bothers uh, Anakin while he's, uh, talking to Padme. This was this was a, a cool moment. This was not in the the storyboards from five years ago or whenever mm. whenever that came out. Um, I I was watching the 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 Clone Wars download and Dave Filoni wanted Padme wasn't involved in any of these twelve episodes, and so mm -hmm. this was this was he wrote this scene for her to include her mm. in these episodes and to to show the connection that um, Anakin does truly value Padme and her support and right. was able to to bring her into uh these 12 episodes. So this scene was was new to the to the finalized uh episode which was which was really cool to see. It's kind of shocking because really, yeah. we're so used to their relationship being very surface level and Mm -hmm. you, you know <laughs> yeah so it was a very tender moment and that was yeah like it was yeah. really it it did more i think for the relationship between anakin and padme than just about any other representation of those two characters that yeah. i've seen absolutely yeah it was, it was a special scene and and yeah knowing that padme is his voice of reason you know mm -hmm. and still at this point obviously with anakin starting to show the flashes of you know, the dark side. Um, I think, it will, you know, it, it just makes his downfall that much more tragic, uh, knowing mm -hmm. that, you know, like the role that she used to play, you know, in his life. And I love how like we get to see, I don't know if this is, a, I'm assuming this is planned because, you know, it's animated. It's so, like everything's basically planned. <laughs> and so, but like you can clearly see the, the, in the profile, like she's, she's showing, mm -hmm. but he, he probably doesn't see that from his angle because right. mm -hmm. I think mean, we saw in the trailer a little mm -hmm. clip of that and people yeah. were speculating but you can see she's kind of standing too in a way that's this kind of motherly posture mm -hmm. which is just really I thought like a nice touch where it's like he doesn't he doesn't know yet and we know that because of episode three right. you know but we got to be pretty close to that it was just a neat little detail yeah. mm -hmm. when she hasn't told him yet you can tell that she right. hasn't told him yet because uh, he's right. off somewhere else there's nothing he can do about it i don't want to worry him i don't want him to come home for it you know so there's yeah. there's just so much built into that scene and it, and it really just carries so much weight and it's kind of this toss away like in the midst of everything else that's going on but it was really good and mm -hmm. really important and obi-wan has to come in and not ruin it but I love that his introduction after all this time back into the storyline is just like wandering across the parade field, kind of looking for the, you know, the, the, air, like the airstrip and just kind of like, Hey, well, and then, and Rex rolling his eyes yeah. like, Oh gosh, I, yeah. I have to talk to this guy. About it. <laughs> <laughs> but also to like, to like what, you know, he had to come up with the lie of, of what Anakin was doing to hide the right. fact that, you know, and he's, he, he so he's not as good as you were, father. <laughs> yeah, see? see? He needed some advice. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well, and they're, and they're not hiding anything from anybody important, right? Like, Obi-Wan already knew. Like, you know, when he turns around and says, hi, at least I hope you said hi to Padme for me. Like, yeah. he knows. It's not like yeah. he's blind to this whole thing. That shocked me a little bit, because I know, like, obviously he directly asks, you know, near the end of episode three, and you kind of get the impression he knows something's going on but that, i don't remember you know it's been a little while since i saw the clone wars i don't remember that so directly coming up before maybe mm -hmm. you guys do i don't know no i mean he just totally called him out yeah that i mean the <laughs> the this is when the the cat's like out of the bag i think for you know mm -hmm. the clone wars as far as like him knowing and well i don't think it's completely out of the bag i i don't i don't think he knows that, that she's pregnant or right yeah mm -hmm. well anakin probably doesn't even know like we just mm -hmm. mentioned but mm -hmm. 
but yeah, this this was uh, it was it was a little shocking. Yeah, it it, it was so casual the, with his, mm-hmm. with the delivery. Hey, just say hi to Padme. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's out there now. I feel like we know with him too because the whole um, uh, Duchess uh, Duchess Satine thing, right. like that that introduced. There's that whole level to him where he's personally maybe a little more aware of those sorts of things, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was neat. Oh, and it was so, so it was at that point that uh, uh, Across the Stars, the love theme from episode two mm-hmm. played for mm-hmm. about right. just a couple seconds. Uh, yeah. And and so I thought that was, again, just a well done uh, moment. Um, but it also showed someone pointed out that this also reveals that Rex also knows about the relationship. Apparently, that's been fairly right. ambiguous for <laughs> all of the Clone Wars. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, so Rex knows and, uh, Padme gives Anakin the advice to, to trust Rex and his instincts, uh, just like Rex trusts Anakin's. And so they head off on, uh, the mission to Skako Minor and, and this is, uh, on the ship, this is where Wrecker is now, yeah, lifting a gonkroid and <laughs> eating what looks like a large turkey leg. I think, I think, I think if he hadn't been doing both of them, something <laughs> just would have been missing. It's just so ridiculous to have both. <laughs> but it's so him. It's, it's, you could just, you know, like Crosshair's probably just rolling his eyes and yeah. So they... They uh, approach uh, Skako Minor and uh, uh, fly through a storm, of course, uh, land the ship. And Safe landing. Are... Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and they're, they're commenting on, on the locals and that there's these, these Poltecs and, and that they're primitive. And uh, Tech says that they worship these flying reptiles. And then immediately they're attacked by one of these flying reptiles with a, with a uh, Poltec yeah. riding on it. Which um, I have to say, this was fun watching with my two-year-old who has just discovered his love for dragons. <laughs> and so he's, oh, dragon, dragon, oh. <laughs> and so the rest of the episode, that's, oh, dragon, dragon. <laughs> like, yes, yes, that looks a lot like a dragon. Yep. Kyridex. They, right? They're called Kyridex. Yeah. Kyridex. Right. So it reminded me of the, what the sun turned into on Mortis. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. Is it kind of like a bat lizard type of yeah. thing? So when oh. I saw the little face of it, I thought like, oh, that looks like Mortis. I don't know. It's not quite the same as the thing in uh, the um, what episode, was it seven, six or seven of, uh, I think it was seven of Mandalorian. The thing that gets Carl Weathers, you know, or bites him. No, so I it's think a little, it had like it's, a long different. face. Yeah, but it's like yeah. this whole dragon-esque thing is like that just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it's you know wherever you are just watch out you know (laughs) there was i forget where i where i saw it but i i thought i saw that that reptile was in star wars rebels at some point oh yeah yeah um i think that was on the episode guide i want to say either the episode guide or wikipedia because i checked both of those before we did this yeah i had read it somewhere (laughs) so so there's there is a bigger connection outside of just just this episode so and and again, like there there's I, I love the humor that's interspersed with this episode. Um and, and I can't remember somebody says, you know, don't just go outside and immediately everybody <laughs> runs outside. <laughs> like, I think it was Rex. I think it was Rex that said, Don't just go outside, and then everybody's like out the ship. It's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, and that's like that's like so human nature. Like yeah. I, I, you know, I, I've been in um a couple <laughs> situations where um, tornado alarm goes off and everybody runs outside to go see if they can spot it. You know, <laughs> right. like like <laughs> it's not exactly the smartest thing to do, but it's what it's like. There's that human curiosity that prompts it. Do you, um, do you guys remember the office where like uh, Dwight's worried that Michael's you know Michael's going to be killed by an icicle because he's always yeah. like looking directly up at it. <laughs> yes. And he's like, no, just come over here and look at it. He just needs to look. Yeah, that's like, don't do this. It's dangerous. Yeah, so they go outside, and um, and of course, uh, danger is imminent, and they are attacked, and Anakin is captured, and he freaks out, <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like screaming at the TV, like, dude, use the force, like, calm down. <laughs> yeah, because he and he drops his lightsaber and is rookie. Though, what is this rookie Anakin <laughs> going on right now? We're at the end of the Clone Wars, man. <laughs> Is it because he just talked to uh, Padme? 
That's, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> so he is captured, and uh, Tech and Crosshair manage to get a trajectory, and Crosshair gra- uses a grappling hook to 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 hook onto the reptile and uh, gets drug along with them as they get flown off to to the local village. And uh, Crosshair lands uh, just outside the village, and the the reptile and the the Poltec and Anakin all get taken into the to, to the village itself, and Crosshair uh, calls all the other clones to him, uh, using uh, to, to hone in on on his signal. And when they all get together, um, they are very clear that uh, they are to to not cause any casualties. They are to disarm only, and so they decided to start a, a landslide to to cause a distraction to get to Anakin. Right. And so so this is the reason for that is because this is the techno union oh, uh, planet. And so I think that's it's important to remember that, you know, they're on what is technically neutral territory. So this is like a really big gamble to go and do this thing. But at the same time, they're also there because the, uh, you know, the, the, the code or the algorithm that's coming from there mm-hmm. is the thing that's defeating them. So it's very obviously against the the their whole uh, their whole group right the the techno union has actually sort of broken that neutrality but right. they're not they're not really admitting it so they 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 cause this landslide and and free anakin and uh and then they're able to use tech to translate and talk to uh the poltex um who of course don't want the war coming to their planet and Anakin tells him that that Wat Tambor and the Separatists have already brought the war there, and um, they apologize. Anakin and the clone troopers apologize um, and say that the Separatists are holding holding a prisoner there, and that once they rescue him, they will leave uh, the planet forever. And the chief agrees to lead them to the capital city, and after that, they're on their own. And then we swap to. Uh, Watt Tambor, who receives a transmission from from Admiral Trench, warning him that uh, these clones are coming, uh, they're likely coming, and that uh, the operation is in jeopardy. Um, and even though, yeah, the Techno Union, uh, Watt Tambor doesn't believe the Republic will attack them because of uh, their corporate neuta- neutrality, um, Trench uh, tells him that he's pretty sure this this batch of clones is still going to be coming. And so, Watt Tambor vows to be ready for that the uh, clone troopers and and anakin all uh reach to the uh, they reach the edge of the city and again this was this is where wrecker was just <laughs> scoring points with me right and left um because he makes the assertion that he's not scared of anything and then because <laughs> they're talking about going going up uh up up high distances and and he's and he says you know, I just when I'm up real high, I got I got a problem with gravity. No problem with gravity. <laughs> like, okay, I like you. It's definitely accurate. <laughs> so they continue to have uh, some issues uh, with uh, losing echo signal, and Tech just thinks that it's probably atmospheric disturbances, and so they and Hunter thinks it's a trap, and we have uh, some friction between uh crosshair and rex uh because crosshair thinks that rex is just using letting his personal feelings get in the way since uh he left echo for dead um at the citadel just calls echo another reg and that he would have left him behind too if if that was uh the the situation and this sort of references uh what happened back in season three uh there was Mm -hmm. there was an arc uh where Echo died, and I'm I'm I haven't seen all of that, but I but I know that that's that's kind of what's being uh, referenced here is is those that story arc uh, back in season three, which is interestingly the same kind of story arc where they had to break into a prison to free someone, mm-hmm. and and so it's it's mm. interesting because it kind of ties these those two stories together in an even deeper way. It's interesting. Yeah, now, yeah, now he's the one who needs right. saving. Yep. This causes a bit of a fight between Rex and Crosshair, and Anakin steps in and and uh, stops the fight and tells the the Bad Batch to go to go scout. And then he and Rex have a conversation that uh, Anakin tells Rex that he he has to be prepared for the possibility that that Echo is truly dead, and if Echo is dead, 
Rex promises that he he'll just he will deal with it. They then manage to arrive at the base of a tower after following Echo's Echo's signal to it, and they have to go up this lift. And Wrecker again is is just a bit terrified of that, mm-hmm. and that's yeah where Hunter steps in and says, "Don't worry, Wrecker, I'll hold your hand." Uh, which was <laughs> again uh, appreciative moment for me. Uh, they they take the lift all the way up, and um, while on the lift, Anakin is doing his best to remind them that they're on this stealth mission, and so they have to avoid blowing up things, <laughs> and they have to be, you know, unseen. And immediately when the, the lift doors open, Wrecker yells and runs and engages all the droids. They really didn't have any other options. So much right? Like, you know... <laughs> I love how those droids fall off the platform yelling, why? (laughs) Very introspective. (laughs) And then he's standing there, Wreckers, they're just like starting and ending it because he's just really like revved up. Like, (laughs) like, what? I think at some point he even, he mentions, he's like, I'm just so excited or or something along those lines. A little carried away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He just can't contain it. Um, so they they do uh destroy all the droids in the in the area and uh they again uh lose echo signal and so that's when tech uh theorizes that uh, the signal is only visible during data transmissions and that they have to wait for echo to transmit more data and so in the meantime Anakin orders the clones to split up while they search the facility and so he heads off one way and the clones are all heading off in in other ways to to try to find echo and tech traces the signal to a to a particular chamber um uh, where the entrance is sealed uh, but there's a view screen next to it and it does activate and and Watt Tambor uh informs uh Rex that he was aware that they were coming and he's been using this algorithm to lay a trap for them and this algorithm has been predicting every movement they've made to infiltrate Skako Miner and then he claims that Echo is dead, but he said something really interesting. He said, your friend is dead. His mind is ours, which is exactly kind of what 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 was going on. Um, Rex calls him a liar. And um, then uh, they are uh, Watt Tambor uh, orders uh, droids to to execute all the clones. And they, of course, fight the droids. Um, and Anakin gets to use some pretty awesome lightsaber moves in this scene, which was really cool to see. Yes. Mm-hmm. And who was who was it that was taking out the droids with the dagger? Was that, that was Hunter? Oh, no, Hunter. Oh, it was Hunter. Oh, it was Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Hunter, Hunter was a dagger thing. fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever seen that in Star no. Wars. It was like kind you, of like it wasn't a a metal dagger. It was like some it was kind sort of, of... An energy blade sort of yeah yeah it was the same one that they showed at the beginning of the first episode when he said that he had mm-hmm. to use that to to whatever the the queen right to cut the yeah. queen's stinger off <laughs> the, this dinger yeah, yeah yeah um yeah well and that's those are i i mean the 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 closest that i can assume those are is like a vibro dagger which is like uh-huh. a, a dagger yes. that has micro uh vibrations to it and um which is a hard thing to represent you know in any kind of media, it, yeah. it just it would just work in real life. But you know, if we want to actually show it off, we're gonna like put some little electrical field around it or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. They had that briefly in the uh, the Mandalorian mm-hmm. when they start fighting in the armory at that one point. If you look real close, like they were right, mm-hmm. the blades the blades yeah. are blurred cool. and they're vibrating. Yeah, I thought that was a really good way to do it. Yeah. So they destroy all the droids, and uh, Tech manages to to open the the door. And Rex and Tech head into this large, creepy lab where they find Echo in this stasis chamber. And Echo has been drugged and is completely unaware of his surroundings. Um, There are these kind of tubes kind of being fitted into him. And, um, you know, it's it's very clear that uh, (laughs) his eye movements were were very unsettling. they're they, they've sort of hooked up to his brain and is using his his own knowledge and his brain to calculate what the clones are are going to be doing with their with their tactics. Can I can I throw one thing in just about the the room and the setup real yeah, quick that yeah, struck yeah. me? Because I it, to me it's like what's really cool to me is it's not like 
It doesn't look like 60s, 70s, or, or later sci-fi. It's like 1930s sci-fi. Mm. Like, it's a special... I don't know. There's just something really kind of old school about it. And uh, I was actually really reminded of... Uh, I don't know if you guys ever read um, the you know Lewis's Space Trilogy, mm-hmm. but the third one mm-hmm. especially... Um, oh, I just lost the name of it. That hideous strength. And there's such a big kind of central focal point in that on all this this nefarious stuff going on at the uh the nice you know and they even have that detached head that they're they've hooked up to all sorts of stuff and just in my mind when i've read that book i've read it several times and i always imagine it very similar to like what that room looked like in this episode so that just really struck me as kind of a cool aesthetic for that yeah it's very much more hp lovecraft than it is like uh you know like anything from the pulp sci-fi age yeah, in uh, the uh, the the Clone Wars download, they they were talking about how that they wanted that room to have kind of a horror monster aesthetic, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. I mean, it was the, the eye movements were was re- what really got me. I mean, it, yeah. it, it was just <laughs> so yeah. creepy. Well, and like, and again, that's like one of those like you're standing down there. It's like he's dropping out onto you kind of moment mm-hmm. that really puts you in there. That was like a little freaky. <laughs> Yeah. And yet it's, it's, you know, it's, it's your best friend. It's your, you know, it's, um, you know, so you, you, you feel for Rex and, and, um, as he pulls Echo down and, and just how limp Echo is and, and, um, you know, he's, he's been used for his mind, but his, he hasn't used his body in Mm. however, however long, you know, he was in captivity. And that's, I mean, that's essentially where the, where the episode ends, uh, they they free Echo and um, Echo sort of is somewhat coherent and uh, where where this will go Angela knows but <laughs> I don't what did, you guys, what, what did you guys think of the um the fortune cookie for this episode mm. the search for truth begins with belief yeah I think that's uh that's that's Rex's whole deal I mean he. Mm-hmm. He believed that his friend was still out there, and um, it didn't matter to him. I mean, it, uh, you could even criticize him for putting everyone in danger to go on this mission. And um, but you know, it, it his belief that you know Echo might still be out there kind of trumped everything. It trumped you know mm-hmm. getting permission to go on the on this mission. It, 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 it he just did whatever he could to to, to do that because that that's yeah. You know, that's what he had faith in. But then you have you have the different layers of that too, where Anakin has to believe in Rex, and that's that's layered with some interesting uh, problems because you know we know where that's going to end up for all the Jedi and the clones. And then you've got these, um, the, you know, the the Bad Batch who their belief in each other is the thing that keeps them alive. It's the the, the truth that they've found in being a family of outcasts. Uh, so it's a, it's a really like that was a really good fortune cookie. Mm-hmm. It really kind of set the tone for. Well, the I was whole, even I was thinking episode. too, like you know, with my, um, you know, anytime I talk to uh, students in sort of a theology class setting, where where some of the, you know, the narrative of like faith versus reason comes in, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, I always try to lead the discussion or, or see if I can get us us to this point of like trying to help them see, like I I firmly believe like. Everything you do, like any pursuit of truth starts with some kind of faith, like some kind of trust, some kind of, because, you know, otherwise you're not going to go and pursue anything. Like there has to be something kind of drawing you out of where you are over to this possibility that like this, Mm -hmm. there's something out here that I don't have. There's something over there I want to learn about. Like that's, that's all faith. Um, So yeah, as soon as I, right off the bat, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Well said. It's it's not worth asking questions about if you don't have that yeah. belief, you know. Right. Like if, if you don't have that understanding that something important is there, then you're just going to ignore it and move on with life. But right. if you feel like there's something important, you really want to test it. And that's the other, you know, the other side of the coin there too is like if you're questioning your faith, that's good. That's a good thing, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. because it causes you to grow. I actually uh, wrote down in my notes uh, Saint Anselm's uh, sort of whole. If you had a mantra of his, I guess, would be um, he's the one who said faith, the catchphrase, I guess, faith seeking understanding, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that whole idea that, you know, uh, we're called to 
to ask questions, to to seek, you know, understanding. Um, and that's that's what's wonderful about about the Catholic faith is that it's not just, you know, here, take this doctrine and don't ask questions. It's right. no, no, we we believe in God, but we're always constantly seeking understanding and and a deeper knowledge. And, and, and of course, you know, and that that is echoed. The search for truth begins with belief. Yeah. Um, you know, but that belief there, there, it's, it's, there, there's something tangible there, you know, mm-hmm. and for Rex, it was, you know, he, he, uh, echo, you know, said his call, his call name back to him. So he had that kernel of, of reality that he could hold on to. And then that led him to, to search for the truth. You know, it wasn't just, he had this crazy notion that, you know, echo was alive and had no no reason to believe it but that's what led him to to search for the truth mm-hmm. you know and the same thing is true with our our catholic faith is that that we we have these these kernels of truth or you know an encounter with with god um you know and and that leads us to to seek the the deeper truths behind you know what what we believe why we believe um it's not just a, a fool's errand i guess so, but sometimes it does feel like you know hearing the tornado sirens and stepping outside to try and find the yeah. tornado. <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> Any other random thoughts from these these first two episodes? I would the only my kind of wrap up thought. I I use the um you know the Cornell notes thing. I actually kind of like it with the you know just capturing different thoughts and and you know along this, the margin and stuff and then i've got this like notebook where i, I kind of have this comment section at the bottom so it, it seems to kind of filter down into like what's my big takeaway mm-hmm. and for this it was really what struck me was a lot of what we talked about earlier like the clone humanity and that got me mm-hmm. thinking of dignity and then i got into etymology and the long story short was you know this idea of just you know what is how much is something worth Mm. You know, um, and and apparently, evidently, I got to research this more. But the 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 Latin root, I guess, with dignity, has deep within it this sense of of you know, taking or receiving, and there's like this gift almost kind of language with it too, which is cool to me because it's like, what do you like if someone gives you something and you just kind of pitch it because it doesn't mean anything to you versus mm-hmm. like you take it, you receive it, you cherish this, and then of course you project that out onto our relationships. Um, that these guys are all like cloned from some dude who we who we know, you know uh, was <laughs> had had a history and, and all this kind of stuff. But every single one of them is completely unique, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. even though they all have the same DNA. Um, but they all have these different stories. They have these different relationships, and you know they're willing to go die for each other, um, even though they're clones. And I just think that's such a unique, like you see that theme in every war movie ever and all that kind of stuff. But to me, it's just kind of cool that it's. Because they're clones who are specific, they exist because they're not respected by the people who made them. Right. Like they're, like they're a product, they're a weapon, basically, mm-hmm. like to the people who are responsible for their existence. But right here, there's like this bigger will in play. Like they're, they're somehow part of the force, too. Like it's just, there's so much packed in there. It's just awesome. Yeah, I think I, I, I had the same takeaway. I mean, it, it, it also humanizes war um, and... You know, with with the clones, you know, like you were saying, it's, it's, I mean, it could be very easy to just kind of throw them in a generic pool and, and not have any individuality, but, you know, meeting the bad batch and, 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 and then also like in that first episode, they, they, they have a lot of throwbacks to, to story arcs and characters that we cared about, you know, throughout the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these first two episodes were were it was good for bringing everything home, you know. Like we, we it was such yeah. a long time, uh, five. What was it, like we said, five years since the last episode, or six years. Yeah. Um, that it it was a good way to kind of bring everything back, and um, uh, you know, again having characters and story arcs that that actually matter, and and not just having you know these uh, uh these war themes of of like you know. Not getting too uh, not, like like we talked about when we we're reviewing some of the uh, uh, older episodes. Like not it wasn't about the politics. It was about the characters. It was mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. you know getting to know what their motivations are and 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 uh, you know the the hope that that keeps them going for uh, for this war that's been right. going on forever. You know you need some sort of uh, uh, motivation to not give up. Um, so yeah, that that was uh, I think the the biggest takeaway from from these first two episodes for me. I, I, it kind of 
ties back to that statement that Crosshair makes to Rex to um, that he would have just let the reg, you would just left him too, and and then you and then you wonder, well, but would you have left any of your mm-hmm. crew? You know, would you mm-hmm. have left anyone from the Bad mm-hmm. Batch, or would you have stayed with them to the end? And that's that's where you start to really kind of dive into this deeper meaning of what it means to be a clone and what they're worth. Angela, anything from? <laughs> I don't want to give anything away, oh, so I'm always sure. afraid to comment. <laughs> That's okay. I guess uh, you know, in the next one, you can you can share uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I uh, I'm excited to see where this goes. I I mean, I can't help but look at these two as as how how are how is the next ten episodes going to first of all wrap up you know, the, the Clone Wars arcs, um, you know, and, and I think we're, we're going to see more Ahsoka or the Siege of Mandalore and, and those sorts mm-hmm. of things. But also, you know, I've, I thought I read somewhere that these are going to overlap with episode three. So to see how that kind of plays out will, will also be very, very interesting and, and cool and, and helpful. Um, so, um, so I guess we'll, we'll see where it goes and I want to see how Echo plays into all of this. So, okay. Well, that's it from us. Uh, listeners, what did you think of these episodes of The Clone Wars? Uh, you can, of course, be sure to email us or comment on our Facebook or Twitter page to, to let us know what you thought. You can email us any and all feedback at starwars at sqpn.com. And you can find StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash Media and on Twitter at sqpn. And now we'd like to take a moment and thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Betsy W., Jarrett B., Guy C., David B., and Erica P. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the various shows that we do here at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, please be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or you can also subscribe to us on the SQPN YouTube channel. Just be sure to click the bell to get notifications. You can also find any previous episodes of The Secrets of Star Wars at sqpn.com slash Wars. So we'll be back in two weeks when we'll be reviewing the third and fourth episode of season seven of The Clone Wars. So be sure to keep watching on Disney Plus and uh, keep up with the season before listening to us talk about it. So until then, Thomas Sanjurjo, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. It's been a pleasure. Mike Creevy, thanks for joining us this evening. Thanks so much. Angela Cialana, thanks for not sharing any spoilers, but for all your (laughs) wonderful insights. Oh, I'm glad to be here, as always. And Andrew Hermes, thank you also for joining us this evening. My pleasure. Thanks, Father. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. 